When Gorillaz started, it was an interesting idea of David Albarns and Jamie Hewlett. Let's not forget Jamie Hewlett, he seems to have been forgotten, doesn't he? However, he was there and continues to be there. So it was an interesting idea having a cartoon band with the strings pulled by those two real people. And it was also a bit of a thumb to the nose of the record companies. This is a cartoon band. You like to confect cartoon stars through your X Factor programs. It just shows that a cartoon band can make real music and do just as well as your confected stars. See how heavy-handed that is? Well, it's bound to sound that way if I do it like that. But yes, it was heavy-handed. But that first album was really rather special. Had some nice dub on it, nice rap. Had some, uh, had some skewed soul on it. A collection of good tunes that I still play. However, as things went on, as time continued, as albums continued to be made, it became less about the band, cartoon or not, and more about celebrity rub. So people started to sing along. And that became important. And what is that? That is the business tapping you on the shoulder and saying, remember us. And what did Alban and Jamie Hewlett do? Open the door and say, come in. That's the great trick. They fool you into buying the first album and then they conform. This is what, this is what David Alban wants to do. He wants to say, I'm in the business, but you know what? I'm standing slightly out of it. Can't do both, mate. Not if you are bringing in your celebrity mates to sing along. And then they produced snippets of song. Sound Machine, they called it, every month. Something released, just 30 seconds here and there, because that is how we consume music. It's also another rather heavy-handed comment on the way that people don't listen to albums anymore. They just listen to bits and bobs of music. You know, they swap... They change, they only listen to bits and bobs, they don't even listen to the full song anymore. Oh, the youth of today, eh? Eh, Damon? However, it was an interesting idea. Had they not released a fully-fledged, proper album for consumption through streaming platforms and for sale at your local record store? See where I'm going with this, can't you? And that's what Song Machine... Song Machine, what's it called? Season 1. See how catchy it is. Strange times with a Z. Because these are... Yeah, let's not have this as your lockdown album. Sick and tired of hearing about that. However, even though there's an album, if the songs were okay, and if they were a really good crop, then there might be something to add in mitigation. So let's see. Well, first up, you've got the title track. You've, uh, you've got Robert Smith on there. You've got a kind of love cat's piano on there. The danceable backing is a retro feel. It's used a lot at the moment, either ironically or, or not. So I suppose that works to a, certain of, to a certain extent. Next up, you've got Valley of the Pagans, which has got a new funk sparse, sparse attack. 
uh, the, as a backing. Doesn't really go anywhere. Lots of people are doing it, either ironically or not ironically. It's okay, I suppose. You can see where I'm going with this, can't you? There aren't many tracks that stand out here. And when you're getting your mates in to do their party piece, for instance, like Peter Hook with that resounding bass sound he's got, the famous bass sound he's got on Aries, you really don't need to do that. I don't want to see your mates coming in to do their party piece. This is supposed to be more interesting than that. And gentlemen, if you are going to use slow tie, as you are on Momentary Bliss, you should know that the younger people than you who liked slow tie are now moving on because he has become too overexposed. If you think you're at the cutting edge, by using him, you really are not. Strangely though, Momentary Bliss does have a bit of a punky energy. And although they've got Skepta who has been going for so long now, he's old man. It works as well. They give him how far just to do with what he wants. And his work on that is of a great quality. There are some nice moments here. The kind of rinky-dink backing which um, Alban likes so much is there for Pac-Man, but adding a squelchy synth bass works much better. Shame about the faux aggressive rap by Schoolboy Q. We've heard that before. And I'm sick and tired of hearing things before, particularly when Gorillaz is supposed to be so cutting edge. There is a drum machine in Dead Butterflies. There is an excited rap, it's better. But then you do have a 70s soul backing with that rap and we have had that before you know you you've got that soul and prog and jazz all together you could just put on a thundercat album if you want all that again this is supposed to be cutting edge now one thing they have done which is really interesting they've added a glittery ballad on this and because it's a glittery ballad they've suggested that elton john should sing on it and that works really well his part of it anyway on the pink phantom he's got a nice emotive take hits it very well the rest of it is a kind of vocoded lethargy which has been done to death again particularly in the new funk world a new soul world at the moment sometimes this is just like a travelogue of previous music so on Opium, you've got Earthling sounding like um, diggable planets. It's not Earthling, is it? It's Earth Gang. They still sound like diggable planets, though. That's old school. But, you know, I, can, I still listen to diggable planets. So I know when I hear something that sounds like it. There is quite a sweet face uh, on some of these tracks. You know, I, I, I suppose... If you're really looking for something a little more refreshing, there's a dance feel, a 90s dance feel. Sometimes explodes, it doesn't stay long, but sometimes explodes. But generally, we have a lot less of the cartoon band here, which I find much more interesting, and a lot more of Damon Albarn and his mates. You know, I miss Murdoch, I miss 2D, I miss Noodle, I miss all of those people who were there at the beginning. 
they seem to have been forgotten, a bit like Mr. Hewlett. I think it's only a three out of five for this album at best. It really does sound like a lot of other stuff that's gone before for Gorillaz. It sounds like warmed over stuff. It looks like the media are falling down to kiss the hem of Damon Albarn's garments. And that's a shame because with all his mates in, this sounds like, yeah, that'll do. And I don't want that, particularly when the first album sounded so refreshing and so interesting. You can do what you like with all of your fawning magazine and newspaper pieces. But to me, it sounds like the king is in the altogether. Ta-ta.